Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are going to be giving you one of 50 Mama interviews. These interviews have been conducted by Drama Victoria over the last two years to celebrate their 50th birthday. These 50 interviews are 50 conversations with 50 legends of the Victoria drama teaching game. So sit back, relax and enjoy a slightly longer than usual version of The Aside. Please note that the audio quality varies depending on where the interview was recorded. So here we are with the legend that is Rod Parnell. Uh, interview, Mama interview number 20. Uh, thank you, Rod. Thank so you much for, for coming. Well, you were uh, on our hit list for a number of, <laughs> number of months now. Um, so thank you so much for uh, sparing us the time. Um, we might start with the how, when and why you became involved in drama education. Uh, 1968, I was at school drama and stuff. Yeah. Then 1968 I went to Monash, got involved with the Monash Players. Uh, Monash was a pretty heady place back then and my academic career went down the Googler. I was 17 <laughs> and uh, discovered marijuana um, and ended up, and a friend of mine was doing... Um, Studying drama. You never entailed that. No, no, no. no. <laughs> um, was studying drama at Monash Teachers College, and it sounded so much more interesting than what I was doing. I was studying British history and Indonesian and, at Monash and anthropology. So I sort of said, no, give that a miss, and went over to um, Monash Teachers College, which became Rosden eventually, but not in the time I was there. And then I started to. Uh, Redevelop, you know, increase my interest in um, in drama, and finish that course somehow. I don't know how. It was pretty, as I said, a pretty heady time, <laughs> and uh, went out teaching at Mumbok for three years, and then fled to uh, India to get away, as you did then, <laughs> um, to uh, start again. So I was back within two years <laughs> <laughs> from from India. Oh, oh, well, the overland thing to right. London. Yeah. We're not been going to London ever since. But um, in fact, I'm going there on Tuesday. Cut that out. Yeah, and then my, I was teaching in government schools till um, came back from London. Then I taught from 70, 77, 70, and the beginning of 78, I went to ERA, which was a progressive school in Donvale, which was a spin-off from Press Hill. And that was a really exciting time to be a drama teacher at that particular school. Um, Why? Because the kids were just hanging out for it. Yeah. I, I, was, I followed on from the wonderful Lynn Hoey, uh, who was also a graduate from Monash Teachers College, and who's now Lynn Clark, um, who um, was inspirational both as a student but also to... The kids were so fired up... Uh, by her, and then she left here and I replaced her. So I was walked into a perfect environment, a perfect school. See, so many would say that that's not the perfect environment because you know you have to somehow live up to the the level. Oh well, yeah. yeah well, they have no, set the standard, and that's yeah. you're always raising the bar, and that's um, I've always liked to think that's how I've always operated. So, so that happened that I um, eventually left there. 
and went in, back into the government support system. And then, um, but you were always in, in the role of a drama teacher. You were employed. No, as a, no, a combination of things. Taught French for a while, and maths. <laughs> that was hysterical. That was one one summer ahead of the other. <laughs> the kids. Um, no. Um, Oh, I talk, did a range of things. I think that's when what you're in, one of your questions talks about longevity, and, and I think that one of the clues to longevity is to make yourself flexible and broaden the... Just don't do the same thing forever. Well, you can't. You just sort of yeah. end up going crazy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the why we're kind of covered with the fact that you started in... in what was it, the um, history... Of it, in, the English subject that you were enrolled in initially at, at Monash. Oh no, British is British is there. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it actually means more to me now than then, but um, the time was a bit. So let's go to the the changes that have occurred over the last however many years since the 1970s. Um, my maths is not that so not so good itself. So um, talk talk to me about your role, um, which many have described as instrumental oh. in terms of the changes that have occurred in our drama curriculum and our theatre studies curriculum. So can you... Uh... When I graduated from Monash Teachers College, I was so spectacularly ill-prepared to take <laughs> on a profession that I had no idea what I was actually doing um, and just um, didn't flounder, but really had to... Um, just use my common sense and my sort of basic instincts and sort of crowd control and um, and my sort of understanding of theatre, which had actually improved at Monash Teachers College. But um, that was at the time when Dorothy Hithcote was around and everyone was talking about process drama and role play and all that. And eventually I sort of got on to that, but I was never fully satisfied with it. You know, I didn't, I didn't really feel that that was sufficient in itself. I understood its importance, but I didn't sort of feel... And then I didn't think that's what my students were asking for. So, um, the, probably, uh, the, well, the biggest change from my personal thing was actually being extracted from the classroom and put into a curriculum writing position. And how is, did that happen? Um, I was originally involved in the first planning for the group two drama subject which was in 1979 or 80 and the first year of trialling the group two drama course at ERA um, in 1982. And that was still Board of Studies? Oh no it was called VISE back then. Right. It was a group two subject so the VISE was broken up into different, uh, the year 12 was broken up into different components. There was STC um I can't remember exactly, but study structures. And then the uh, HSC Group 1, which is the big major. Uh, And then there were things in the study structures, there were subjects like drama, Group 2. So there was a a real split. um, So you knew um, that drama course from the inside out and thought, this isn't working... Surely. Oh, no, that wasn't our decision, no. no. Um, Well, it was eventually, but uh, back then, um, I um, moved schools and then there was no um, senior drama at other places I worked at, so um, I got out of the picture of that. And then, over a few years, um, 
a friend of mine who I worked with at ERA got a job at the Victorian Curriculum and Assessment Board, VCAB, which was you know, uh, charged with redeveloping senior school curriculum. And with, through Jean Blackburn's report, the Blackburn Report, which was a major significant moment in Victorian education, where they actually tried, the committee tried to rationalise the subjects and not split them and make them all important and significant and of equal value. So physics and drama became sort of level, not you know, two-tiered. So that was a huge thing, the Blackburn Report, and then I was I've got real interest in that as a classroom teacher. And then um, I just, this friend rang me, and she was working at uh, VCAB, and said, do you want to do the drama writing? We're having trouble with the, the current writers. And I said, well, <laughs> uh, you have to tell us that story. Who were the current writers that... Uh, well, um, <laughs> John McLeod and um, a panel of people that worked with him and he, John was developing on the group two model which was very much a study structure and very little content and the content became less and less. We used to do assessment in those days but there were only about eight schools and we'd all meet up at the Drama Resource Centre and you know, talk about each other's work and then we'd make an assessment, well you know, this sounds good, we'll give it a B and this sounds fantastic, we'll give it an A. It was pretty sort of you know, subjective and ad hoc, and I'm not sure. I mean, the people were very sincere about what they were doing. Um, they didn't just say things, but um, people brought in examples of student work and it was before videotape, I think. Yeah, so you couldn't film kids. Um, and um, that John was pushing that with the uh, VCAP and VCAP weren't having a bar of it. They said, no, we don't want a study structure. We want content, you know, Australian theatre or something. You know, they, they really wanted that. And John just wouldn't budge on that. So um, they would start looking for other people. And I got this phone call. And, uh, so I suppose because what I I'd acquired was somewhat of a reputation, some <laughs> good or bad, at era. And that set, set me up for this new position that they created at VCAP. So then I stepped out of the classroom. And they also wanted someone from the classroom. John was um, working at Melbourne University and um, um, they wanted a classroom person. So somebody you know, understood um, you know, teaching and learning. And stuff. So I got the job. And to the initial draft document, that was you that put that together? Uh, the team the, of people? Well, essentially I had to come up with the idea and then I took that out to, um, to teachers. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about then, that process. Yeah. Well, that was sort of interesting. Um, I've met a lot of opposition. Um, people saying, you're destroying these kids' lives. Drama is their only, their only pathway and you can't expect drama, teachers, drama students to read. <laughs> Um, and that, you know, I was just really shocked by that. I mean, um, anyway, that, that wasn't going to go anywhere. I couldn't exactly argue that back to the, um, they used to be called FOSCs, Field of Study Committees, and the arts one. So it was the arts, not just drama. So I ran a little panel of drama experts, and then um, there was a, a, a bigger body that was responsible for the arts, and they were accountable to a more senior committee and then, and then eventually to the minister. Um, 
and that the foster processing can have anything to do with this sort of contentless study structure. So I've sort of cobbled together the ideas, um, which I think are still basically there now. That's exactly. Um, um, the, the changes that you've implemented are, are I still... I think they've lasted, yeah, which yeah. is not a lot. I mean, I just get a bit of a buzz out of that. Thing. Yeah. Oh, gee, that was, I thought that up in the bath. You know? it's, it's, still, <laughs> it's still It's there. still a seven-minute solo yeah. Yeah. Um, monologue. Yeah. Yeah. They had, you know, was, I just loved doing it. It, was just the high, you know, it really was the highlight of my career. But the real baby for me was introducing theatre studies. If I hadn't been there, theatre studies wouldn't have happened. So let's talk about that. Um, John McLeod and that group wanted to have um, two drama studies so they could pick up the old um, T.O.P. drama course so that kids could do extra hours of drama. So there was drama A, which was to be, you know, like replace group two drama, and then there was drama B, which was to pick up the T.O.P. course and allow kids more time to study drama. The FOSC wasn't having anything to do with that, so they said, come up with a different subject. And I picked up that idea of more time in the subject and kids sort of specialising in something. So then I got the idea that um, a theatre focus would be... Because I was having this huge battle between the process drama people and the theatre people, and they were always sort of at loggerheads and sort of fighting with each other. And... Um, and I was in the middle, and they just used to attack me. <laughs> I used to have long sleepless nights. Like, oh God, I've got to go out to you know, sort of Deer Park. I'm going to you know be attacked by these people at Deer Park. It was really quite unnerving. I had no training in you know crowd control and um, what to do with irate people. I wasn't a politician, but I was selling this product. From, you know, um, it was yeah, it was a really fantastic time. I mean, I just couldn't believe I was in that position, and I. Because I sort of um, had been involved in the drama, in drama, senior drama for a long time, and I've been through a lot of the issues, so I was actually in a good place to answer a lot of their questions and sort of help them through their fear. There's a lot of fear in them, you know? mm. and um, and that's obviously where the anger was coming from. Was their own personal fear of what was to come? Oh, there's the, I think there's just an element of you know. You know, this classroom is my kingdom. Yeah. And how dare you <laughs> come in and say we have to do this this semester? Yeah. Um, didn't, so it was a combination of things, and accountability is the bottom line. And um, it seems strange now because everyone is sort of very happy with the situation, and they could, I couldn't imagine they'd want to go back to the second tier subject. Um, but there was still a formal external assessment, as I understand it, of that Group 2 subject. Yes, there was. That's what I was saying. And, and, and in terms of the performance exam, the students could come in and basically present anything. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, is, there are still assessors today that talk about those days yes. and the sort of work that they were seeing from their students or the students uh, wow. coming in rocking backwards and forwards, clutching a teddy bear. And <laughs> yeah, that's, yes, that's right. For seven minutes. And then that, start, that, that sort of crept into the original performances for you know, uh, VCE and uh, they were quickly, you know, teachers quickly realised there was no way to go. So, um, yeah, it was an amazing moment. I mean, you saw the standards just lift, just go from, you know... Um, 
not kids indulging themselves, but the whole notion that our kids have to express themselves, and you know, that's what drama's for, to actually having that, but also finding a structure that they can work in and they've actually lived. And of course, you know, they were a bit frightened because they actually had to expose themselves to other schools and teachers. Because in those days, schools were very isolated places, and they didn't. One of the great things about the VCE, from a professional point of view, was the communication between staff and teachers. Mm. It was just fabulous. It's never happened since, and I don't think it will ever happen in my lifetime again. But um, just those that, those people built friendships from those days, and still. Um, I built friendships from those days, and it was a wonderful professional experience, really wonderful. And then we started going off into the country assessing, and that became just one, you know, doubly wonderful <laughs> because we all got to know each other really well. And um, it was just really nice to have people be able to laugh and relax and enjoy themselves in a professional capacity. I still do the job correctly. Absolutely. Um, no, it's great. But that team networking. Yeah, that, that happens at Drama Vic conferences so often. Mm. Was, you know, really that was a, a foundation for that um, to, to occur. Yeah, yeah. It's, the other thing about VC is it sort of penetrated everybody who was in... Um, they, they didn't choose to do it, they had to do it. So you, people came out of the woodwork. Um, they'd never been involved with, um, what was it called? In-services. Mm-hmm. In-services. But professional development sessions. Mm-hmm. So you get these teachers who worked in uh, drama in the country who never, never came out and, and uh, suddenly they were there and made marvellous contributions. To so let's to talk that. about then the mentors and collaborators that, that were instrumental in, in, in allowing this you know, amazing drive forward or step forward in terms of drama slash studies curriculum. Oh. There are not so many people, but I mean, people who stand out in my memory, the people I had to work with, um, who made a huge contribution. Um, um, Tiff Hadley at Ruston, Bob Holden, um, John Deverell at Melbourne, Kate Donnell. They all contributed in their own way, and they'd all understood the issues that I was facing all the time. And um, But a lot of the help came from classroom teachers. Um, I, I won't name names, but I mean, there were obvious people. You know, I will name names. <laughs> Phil Norman, <laughs> Richard Salas, Marita Ruda, um, the list goes on and on. Yeah. Anne Holt, yeah. Peter Elliott. Um, um, yeah, just Amazing wonderful, wonderful, you know, and given, you know, we all, some of us went through some pretty, you know, when training colleges were. Um, perhaps not as effective as they could have been. I mean, the professionalism of these people, most people learned on the job in those days. Um, mm. I don't, can't talk about now, but um, they, um, yeah, you still learning made the it job. or... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> After 21 years, I feel like I still know nothing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. And each year I try and learn something else mm. or something new, yeah. Yeah. But that's the, the mentality, the, the attitude I think that you have to have if you're going to, you know, mm. grow and progress. All right, so um, your favourite professional learning experiences? Oh, golly, the uh, production of um, a Midsummer Night's Dream at ERA stays mm-hmm. in my memory as the most 
satisfying production I ever did. Perfect play for in that school and in that school environment, which was a bit you know out there. Um, it was just a wonderful moment. The whole school came together and uh, parents and um, the kids, and it was just a wonderful experience. That's kind of the high and low, but the professional learning, like oh, the, oh. the opportunity for you to grow, because obviously, you know, you created lots of opportunities for others to. to mm. oh, that was partly because of the position I was in. Yeah. I was able to do that, but I made sure that I really did that. I didn't want, I remember thinking at the time, don't make this a little club of, you know, people who are on the in side and a lot of people on the out. I didn't want to have any of that. Everyone was together and we um, all, you know, worked together on it and contribute. So uh, certainly that was my bottom line with, because um, often this can get a little bit, not incestuous, but a little clicky, yeah. And you sort of sometimes, I used to feel that I was on the outer a lot when I was a classroom teacher. I was determined not to let that happen when I was in a position to do something about it. Um, the, well, the, the whole BCE thing was the highlight of my career, which is now over. Um, that was a spectacular opportunity, as I've said before. Mm. And um, yeah, it was just wonderful to have that opportunity for me, just as a classroom teacher, to step out of that into a. You know, I just, you know, when I, I first went. To work at down at St Kilda Road, where the where the Vies and VCAB were originally, um, you know, I used to wait for the bell to go. Or, you know, something about you know you get as a teacher so conditioned, yeah. and then I thought, oh, I can just go and have a cup of coffee because my job was basically to write. So I suddenly went from being a classroom teacher to to a writer. <laughs> I just have all this time to think. It was spectacular. I mean, it was just. Precious moments. Okay, so let's let's get on to the uh, amazing artifacts that you brought for us. Um, this would the be as a drama teacher. <laughs> Era 1982. I, I referred to it as the bygone era. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, the goodness is. 1982, you said. 1982. Um, is that where Midsummer Night's Dream was performed, you said? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this might be of interest to sort of the original, one of the original planning for solo performances. So you had the job that Phil Norman currently does. Oh, I was the. of working out which assessor yeah. is going to be in which room. And that's how it was originally done. <laughs> I was the, no spreadsheets, before spreadsheets. Oh, no spreadsheets. <laughs> it was all done by you know, pencil and little rulers. And, Obviously, it's just extraordinary, but I ended up being, after writing them, I ended up being the chief examiner for drama and theatre studies and the state review of... I was every, you know, just really unhealthy, but I was sort of it. And then I think Marita came in, George Ruder was the next second in charge, and so it sort of spread the responsibility. <laughs> One stage, I was sort of not only the writer of the studies, but actually the person doing all of the coordinating the assessment. Extraordinary. Uh, so that's how it was done then. Um, what, what, this one, 19... You've got... 1997. Oh, ensemble performance. 
<laughs> this was in the days that the ensemble was actually externally assessed. Yes, that's right. And what yeah. a nightmare that was. No, it was wonderful oh, with you? the coloured highlighters. Yes, that's right. I quite, <laughs> quite enjoyed that process. Oh, you? Yeah. yeah. Um, there's something here I saw. I'll leave all this to drama Victoria when I fall off the perch. Well, you're not going to fall off the perch anytime soon, so uh, hold on, London, hold so on to it and make sure you look after it. Yeah. Um, there's all this stuff. Yeah, it's, um, You've got the original also uh, in that, that wonderful bag. You've got uh, the original study designs yes. of VCE drama and VCE theatre studies, which came in what year? Was the, the oh, early 90s? 92. 92. I think that would have been the first one. There we go. And the first theatre studies. These documents don't actually exist anymore. That was later on when it got a bit more sophisticated. Um, Who gets to do the artwork for them? With these... uh, Oh, there was a a production unit at at the Board of Studies. I think it was the Board of Studies by then. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh no, it wasn't. That came in after Kennet. Uh, it came in with Kennet. So it was VCAP. Like a cat show, which probably top historically. Class. Is, that, is that what it is? Yeah, that's the early yeah, days of yes, the, that's the top the class. With Anna Griffiths. Yeah. Wow. Um, and yeah, I remember yeah. uh, her daughter, Rachel Griffiths, yes, introduced. Rachel. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Uh, she one year. She did a marvellous right. job. Rachel was. Um, Used to help out the back. She was actually at college the year below me at Ruston. Oh, there are lots of things. Early articles about um, implementing drama, bringing it into the curriculum. These are all your articles. Yeah, things I wrote for the Age mainly. If there's one from the Herald Sun, or the Sun in those days. Yeah, lots of... I was in that position where they, you know, they'd want to know what I thought. <laughs> daunting. Um, yeah, but then I worked for Vardy for six months. So yes, absolutely. The reason the, dra- the drama has the... Yeah, we, we, might, we might pull this down and... Uh, so uh, this is we, we went to. I remember when this was introduced, the new drama Vic logo. Yeah, the um, original one. The reason that's lavender is because when I was about four, my mother went to a mayoral ball and she had bought this extraordinary lavender satin or silk or both um, ball gown, and I was mesmerised as a four-year-old, and it's always stayed in my memory. Never see lavender, I always think about that. And then when I had to make a decision about that what colour and so I thought lavender there it is <laughs> there is still, it's still around yeah. I think it's slightly changed from the original one really yeah. oh, that's what go... I would have wanted but oh okay the other one was darker well interesting that you should it's say that significant over women, the road significant it's women my wife is obsessed with purple and it's this purple oh, okay. that, that she's obsessed with yeah. not because of my mother's ball no no I don't think it had anything to do with your mum's ball game but she's I also <laughs> have somehow my house burnt down. We're during that VCE development stage. 
but this survived. It might have been one of the, the angry old... drama teachers. No, <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was throwing a Molotov cocktail through your window, <laughs> saying, how dare you? Well, they were tempted, I can assure you. Um, I'd sort of went up a logbook from my... It could have been a joint study of training. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Oh, this... This... Um, History of Rosden. Um, oh, yes. Well worth a purchase. Now, wait, this is not the Judith Buckridge yes. version. Yes. yes, it is. Judith Buckridge. Um, she probably still has some copies available. So. Yes. That fantastic review. Yeah, I have a copy of that myself. And there's I, one here because I brought that to drama. So. Excellent. Well, um, uh, well, we have got through everything. We've, we've actually covered everything. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rod. Thanks, Rod. For your time and for I your amazing artefacts. Oh, look, I so could I. Well, that's all from us at The Aside. There are 49 other Mama interviews you might like to listen to, so please do feel free to go and find those and have a listen. Thank you to all the people involved in conducting the Mama interviews. The list is extensive. Happy 50th birthday to Drama Victoria, and thank you to the 50 legends for giving us their time. If you would like to ask the aside a question, or you have a suggestion for a future episode, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening. <laughs>